Hey, Shanna, did you know that you can purchase audiobooks directly from your local bookstore? Yes. With Libro FM, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But with Libro FM, you get to search up your local indie bookstore and support them instead. And if you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to squeeze more reading into your busy life. I constantly have a book in my ear because cleaning the house or exercising is so much more fun while reading. Sign up for Libro.fm and use the code GOODBOOKS to get two books instead of one for the price of your first month's membership. Good books. Good books. Hello, and welcome to the Best Book Club podcast. I'm Shanna. And I'm Jen. And last weekend was Valentine's Day. We are actually recording this just before Valentine's Day, so it hasn't happened yet for us. But, Jen, do you guys have any special plans? Uh, well, we don't generally celebrate Valentine's Day. It's kind of one of those things that, like, when we were young, we were like, we're not going to participate in this consumeristic holiday, <laughs> and we should just celebrate our love every day. But then, now we're older, and we've been together for seven years, and we realize that we don't do that. So <laughs> I'm kind of thinking maybe this year we would do something, but I haven't made that plan yet at all. I'm running out of time. <laughs> yes. Uh, what about you guys? Do you have any special plans? Um. Well, you know, we are just lovey-dovey, heart-eyed corn dogs over here. So, yes, we always do something for Valentine's Day. Um, we're not doing it on Valentine's Day, though, this year because we both work. And we both work the next day, too. And also, we have so many kids. So, on uh, the Tuesday, we're going to have both of our kids go to daycare. And then we have a whole day off together and no children. So we're going to have like a special Valentuesday. Nice. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I was trying to think what could I even do to so, yeah, work and COVID and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's also what we were thinking was it's probably gonna be too busy on Valentine's Day mm -hmm. anyways, anywhere. So yeah, we'll probably just do something with the kids. Do like, I don't know, heart-shaped watermelon or something. <laughs> that's nice yeah so i'm not reading anything new everything is still the same i've had such a busy week i <laughs> have been reading so i am rereading bear town by frederick oh, yeah. backman i am rereading it because the hbo adaptation is coming out on the 22nd of february i'm really excited for that I'm definitely going to watch it. So I really wanted to reread it first because it's been a few years now. Oh, that's crazy that it's been. That was one of our first book club books. So yeah, I just I wanted to check that out again. So I'm doing it on audio. And oh, it's so good. Like, obviously, I remember loving this book when we first read it. But oh, it's so good. I'm loving it. Nice. So I'm yeah, I, I've said lots of times that I'm not a rereader. But this year, you seem like you might be a bit of a rereader. Yeah, because I don't know. I guess I've read so many good books in the last couple of years that I'm totally fine with rereading them. Yeah, so that's going really well. And then also, I am just finishing up the first Bridgerton book. Ah. <laughs> so it's called uh, The Duke and I by Julia Quinn. I went into it 
pretty much just to do some research for this episode and to say that I've read something romantic and um, I actually ended up really enjoying it. Oh, of course you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and the characters were really great. There was like, there was a few things that I was like, mm, maybe not, but for the most part, it was really good. So um, I'll probably be I'll be referencing it quite a few times throughout this episode. Okay. So I won't I won't tell you all about it yet, but I will. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, so far in our previous episodes, we have touched on romance more than any other genre somehow because yeah, it just sneaks its way into everything. But today we'll go a little bit more in depth. Yeah, I do enjoy a good romance subplot, but I don't read a ton of romance novels. What about you, Shanna? Oh, this is going to surprise you, but <laughs> I do not go out of my way to pick up romance novels. But I'm just so picky as far as relationships go. So that's why. Yeah. This is a, a bit of a tough one because though neither of us really delve into this genre very often or pretty much at all, it doesn't mean that it's completely without worth. It just isn't quite our thing. Well, definitely not your thing. No. and I mean, maybe it could be if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's usually not my thing. And yeah, that's not to say I always hate romance in books. It's just that a lot of the common tropes found in the romance genre tend to annoy me, hence my pickiness. Do you agree that the romance genre tends to be dismissed more than any other genre? Uh, yes, and I am guilty of dismissing it completely out of hand myself. It, yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely not taken as seriously as the other genres, even though it's actually one of the most popular. Uh, yeah, get this. Romance and erotica did one point. Four, four billion dollars in sales last year. That was a billion with a B. <laughs> and it was the highest grossing genre, beating out crime and mystery, which placed second at 728.2 million in sales. So that's a huge gap to even get to second place. Yeah, I was shocked by this. I actually saw this fact somewhere and I was going to quote it and then was like that can't be true <laughs> <laughs> i googled it it must be it's yeah it's got to be true yeah so i don't read a ton of romance but i also don't read crime or mystery so obviously i'm missing out on the most popular genres this is also another area that i would like to explore more with my book choices this year because i know you do read some mystery for sure right yes yes i do enjoy mystery and crime not crime like i don't like mafia stuff but yeah, I don't mind like a detective story. Um, I actually really like to do them on audio. So I'll go through Libby and I'll see like mystery and crime stories. I'm like, ooh, I'll just listen to that. Yeah, that doesn't even occur to me to listen to these types of books, but <laughs> I think I'm really missing out. So I'm going to get on it. Oh, I feel like if I listen to romance, I would just blush all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does happen. <laughs> or... I would be dramatically eye-rolling so hard that people would wonder what was wrong with me. Oh, that too. So almost 
all romance or the majority of romance is written by women for women. And so just that fact alone means it's automatically put into a category of less than, even when it's really well written. Yeah, so despite being the most popular genre, romance has a bit of a bad reputation. And on one hand, I can understand that. I mean, I tend to find romance novels to be a bit formulaic and predictable, though I guess it's not necessarily a bad thing or even always the case. And I'm sure a lot of people read them for exactly that reason. Like, there's no shame in that. Read what you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And realistically, I haven't even read enough of them to even say that or have an opinion (laughs) at all, actually. (laughs) So I could be completely wrong. Um, I do know that the genre has gone through a lot of changes, I think, especially over the last couple of years. Like the romance that is being published now is a lot different than the romance that was being published in, say, the 70s and the 80s, uh, which is actually the first romance that I was exposed to, if you'd like to hear a weird story. Um, yes, of course. I would love to hear more about your, like, vampire uncle romance books. But <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Well, there's no vampire uncle in this one, but my first exposure to romance that I can remember was my friend and I swiping a Harlequin romance novel off of her mom's bookshelf and, like, hiding in the corner and giggling <laughs> and laughing at all these, like, horrible sex scenes. And the one that stands out most to me, or it's not even the one, just this a single line where it describes a woman biting a man's armpit hair. Woo. Sexy, <laughs> right? So sexy. Yes. Oh, I can understand why that line stood out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I thought romance was when I was a little girl. <laughs> I was confused. That is actually amazing (laughs) so gross (laughs) so if anyone's read that one in particular if that sounds familiar to you please let me know because because she wants to reread it it's her year of (laughs) rereads exactly (laughs) and i need to read more romance so yes top of the list nostalgic for me (laughs) (laughs) anyways i still don't get that that is not the romance for me anymore anymore no (laughs) she's grown (laughs) i've grown up no more armpit hair in my teeth thank you very much Mm. so another big problem with this genre is that it's been associated with controversies and has had problematic themes which as far as i know is getting better now but like with everything else that society is working on there's still a long way to go yeah i know that the RWA, which is the Romance Writers of America, really fell into controversy like just this last year, like in 2020, when they stood against one of their authors of color when she publicly criticized racist elements that are still appearing in some of the other members' books. And instead of backing her, the RWA tried to get rid of her and essentially silence her voice against racism, which then led to a lot of the higher ups in the organization resigning and also led to the cancellation of their biggest award ceremony, the Rita's, when authors began to withdraw their works and judges began to drop out. So, I mean, that was a huge deal in the romance world. Like a lot of romance novels lack diversity and the genre is largely populated by straight white women writing about straight white women. And it would seem that the RWA really helps to actually just 
perpetuate that. Yes, I remember hearing briefly about the author calling out other writers. I think Book Riot maybe did a piece on it like forever ago. Probably. Um, but I didn't know the rest of it. So that is wild. And good for the ones who stood up and said no. Because, yeah, there's growth and change happening across genres. And there's no reason romance should be any different. No. And I mean, I also want to say, honestly, all genres have problematic themes and racist uh, slash sexist pasts. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not a problem that is only found in romance, but I mean, we're talking about romance today. So that's that. That's when we look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Usually, you know, I, we read other genres and I can notice the disparity with women, but of course, romance is a genre dominated by women. So that's when it becomes more apparent where LGBTQ and people of color are being left out. Yeah, definitely. They usually also kind of fall into a subcategory of the romance genre. So it's like romance, all the white romance, and then yeah. these little subcategories of yeah, authors of color and, and yeah, the LGBTQ community too. So I think it's important that it's getting a light shone on it. What makes a novel a romance novel instead of just a romantic book? Because there is a difference. So almost every single story in the world has a romantic subplot. But obviously, not every single story is a romance. I don't want to keep bringing up Game of Thrones forever. I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) So you'll have to be careful with me. (laughs) But anyways... Those books have so many romantic subplots, but those are not romance books. No. Even some of the sweeter books that we've talked about recently, like The House in the Cerulean Sea or The Song Mm. of Achilles. Uh. (sighs) We loved those books and we love the romance, but those are also not romance novels. To be considered romance as a genre, a book has to have two things. A love story that is its main focus, and it needs to have a satisfying or happy ending. Essentially a happily ever after, or at least a happy for now, which has also become acceptable. Yeah, so this definition of what a romance is led me to think that I may have read more romances than I thought. For instance... I just read A Court of Thorns and Roses, and I felt pretty confident that it was a fantasy novel. But now that I think about it, the love story really drives the entire story. And it's kind of is the main focus, I think. And then there is a happily for now or happy for now ending. That's the first one in a trilogy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it ends happy, and then I'm sure more bad crap will happen to them in the next book, but mm. it's all about their love. So <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not a romance novel. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff that happens, but I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's not. <laughs> Is this your uncle's armpit hair all over again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess lots of bad stuff happens in that book. It's pretty dark, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Reading is enjoyable for so many reasons, and one of those reasons is escape. And a book where I don't have to think too hard can be really nice, though that doesn't mean that I am saying that romance is brainless. No, for sure. I I think it goes back to what you were saying at the start about the genre being formulaic. 
And that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I usually find myself incredibly frustrated by it in that you do get a happy ending and I'm not against happy endings. (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) It's the middle part where the relationships are toxic or unhealthy and then they end up happy anyways. That's where I tend to get super annoyed. And I know, in general, a story should have some kind of conflict. But I just don't enjoy reading about the specific types of conflicts that usually come across in romantic storylines. And, hey, maybe this is awkward, but too bad. I mean, I talked about armpit hair, so... (laughs) Yeah. uh, You can say whatever you want. Oh, well, (laughs) let's see how this goes. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I should mention that I don't really count romance and erotica as the same genre. Maybe I should. They're not totally different. But I definitely prefer erotica. Because that, to me, is fantasy. And that's fun. And even if, like, there's some toxic stuff in there, it's like a sex game, not a relationship. And, like, romance, that makes me annoyed. Sex, however, I, uh, I like sex. (laughs) (laughs) Might be TMI, but I am pregnant with my third child, so I might not be blowing anyone's mind with this one. I do need to investigate further into the genre, though. Like, I know bodice rippers are really popular, and I just haven't really tried any. I have also not tried any. I don't. I mean, maybe that armpit hair one was one, I'm sure, but... <laughs> they kind of seem to be like something that you would be into. I guess so, maybe. I'll, I'll give it a try. This year, I'll, I'll give it a try. Okay. Um, but yeah, romance and erotica are not the same. They do obviously overlap a lot, though. Like, erotic romance has definitely become more popular lately. Um, I guess mostly because of Fifty Shades of Grey, which we Ooh. will not go into, I guess, <laughs> now. But maybe We won't go into the third one. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Um, but I guess the difference is that in romance, the love story is the main focus, but there can still be steamy sex scenes. And with erotica, the sex scenes are the main focus, but there can still be some romance thrown in there. I don't think I've actually read any books that are specifically erotica, But I started listening to this great podcast called Book Slut, where they talk about erotica and some of the books they describe. I just have to read them for myself because (laughs) honestly, I mean, really, they just sound really funny. And that's probably not the reason to be reading these erotic novels. But (laughs) I'm sure they're also sexy. They're probably sexy. I don't know. This one about an elf at at Christmas time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Is it? sugar plum something because i read that i can't remember what they said it was called i need to like oh. listen to the episode again to find out because oh i God. need to read it i read one over christmas that was like the sugar plum something That's and like, it was one of the worst books i've ever read in my life well, and this one an elf goes out into the real world to give this guy some christmas spirit yeah well she was a woman but mm-hmm. yeah she was a woman a woman elf Oh, no, this was a man-elf. Anyways, it was terrible. I don't recommend it. (laughs) Okay, I'll try the other one. Yeah, let's compare elf romance. (laughs) That could be a whole episode. Whose elf romance is better? (laughs) Who's getting excited for Christmas? (laughs) 
The introduction of e-readers and e-books really changed the game for the romance industry because romance is seen as not being, you know, like worthwhile literature. A lot of people don't really want to be seen carrying a book around with like Fabio on the cover. <laughs> so using an e-reader allows people to hide their shame. And I fell victim to this, actually. With this Bridgerton book, I did end up buying the book on my e-reader because I just couldn't bring myself to go into the store and face the young hip cashier at our local bookstore. I was too embarrassed. Uh. Uh. Generally, I tend to be pretty unapologetic about myself and especially the ridiculous things that I like. I really just hate that I didn't go in and buy the book. It's a super popular book. Would they care? Probably not. But I guess as women, we are made to feel like the things we like and care about are frivolous, emotional, and silly. I just totally fell for it, which I'm ashamed of, and it won't happen again. Girl, buy that book. Yeah. Of course, I was at the bookstore the other day, and I was reading the back of a staff pick, and I felt a little bit awkward standing there like at this big wall reading... I don't know, it was called something like The Sexy Prince, or His Royal Highness, or This Prince F's. I can't remember. But (laughs) that was the general vibe from the mostly naked man on the cover. Uh, So then I'm reading the back, and it was like, she's the only person who doesn't care how royal and hot he is. He's a rude boy who's rude because he can be, and now he wants her because she doesn't want him watch her throw a pie in his face. And I just was like, no, (laughs) what is this? This sounds like trash. But it was somebody's favorite book. So I thought like, maybe this romance will call out to me. So then you'd have to do the, ah, put it back on the (laughs) shelf respectfully and walk away. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I don't know. It just made me roll my eyes because two people just being rude to each other isn't really my thing. No, it's actually pretty annoying. Yeah. Most of the time. I guess, why do you think that romance shows up in every genre and in almost every single book? And why is it so popular? Probably specifically to annoy me, but I don't actually know. (laughs) Um, I might be the worst person to ask because I kind of hate it. (laughs) I only like healthy relationships in books or like barely their relationships. For example... I really like the relationship in The Name of the Wind, even though it's well known to not be that great or that healthy. (laughs) Uh, But mostly I like that both characters seem to know that their relationship isn't exclusive. Dana, the female love interest, is kind of, uh, she's not a sex worker exactly, but she hangs out with guys for presents i don't know um (laughs) but like also she's making the choice to do that for herself and quoth is also making his choices so they just kind of come across each other sometimes star-crossed lover style i don't know it doesn't bother me even though a lot of people have a lot of problems with this relationship um, and I'm sure that they, I could find plenty of problems with it if I bothered looking at it harder. Yeah, I, like, I've read that book and I remember them, but I don't remember their relationship standing out to me 
pretty much at all. <laughs> I mean, it's there. She's a character. They care yeah. about each other. They see each other sometimes. Yeah, he loves her, but yeah. like not enough to stop what he's doing for her. So yeah. if she's off doing her thing, nobody's crying about it. <laughs> um, let's see. Other relationships I like in novels would be like... Um, I liked pretty much everyone in the Red Rising trilogy. I liked Peta and Katniss in the Hunger Games. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I really like it when the relationship's barely there, or if the relationship makes any sense. Like, insta-love, or love from nothing, just makes me bonkers. And I guess I just feel like I come across that thing over and over and over again. I agree. I prefer to see healthier relationships in books. Um, this was something that I liked in The Duke and I. Not that they didn't have their problems, because they did. But like, hmm. I want, <laughs> I wanted to say this. And then as I'm thinking of what their problems were, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, Maybe it wasn't healthy. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. She steals his semen without his consent hmm. to impregnate herself. And... Then they don't talk to each other for two months. Well, that sounds pretty bad. I guess outside of the that exact scenario, <laughs> they do well. Their relationship is good. <laughs> Anyways, I think that love and connection are just such a big part of pretty much all people's lives. And it's what we're constantly striving for and what we're really struggling with in this pandemic, especially. So I think that's a pretty good reason why it's so popular. Yeah, more people are turning that way. Yeah. Also, reading is just like a really great escape. And sometimes or all of the time, <laughs> we need a vacation. Yeah. And goodness knows we're not actually getting any. No, so. there's no vacations. So we can only turn to books for that. And vacations are supposed to be fun and relaxing. And I think that's the same feeling that these books are trying to replicate. When you read a romance, there's going to be minimal conflict or dark themes and hard topics. There will probably be some humor and there is going to be a happy ending, which sounds delightful, honestly. And this is why I'm going to pick up more of these books because I really need a vacation. Yes. Yeah, I need a few more happy endings and a few less hard topics after the last year. So I feel pretty confident and safe that reading more books from the romance genre will provide a nice fluffy cloud for my cold, hard heart. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh, I have definitely also taken a hard turn away from harder topics, and I plan to continue doing that this year. I usually love to explore more things with my reading and read really diversely, but honestly, I'm just so burnt out all of the time that I can't handle piling on too much more weight with my free time. Yeah, I really enjoyed that while I was reading Bridgerton, I felt so confident that nothing really bad was going to happen to these characters that I had grown so fond of. And it was really comforting to know that they were going to be okay and that they weren't going to die or be horribly attacked. And I say this as a horror lover, because I usually love horrible deaths and attacks. <laughs> But it was a nice change. So we know that you don't love romance, but are there any romance books that you do like? Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, that's pretty much one of the most famous <sighs> ones. I love Pride and Prejudice so much, and I was shocked by that. I should probably try and read more Jane Austen, because I loved it. 
And I don't know. I guess this was a case of Darcy being kind of a jerk. But Elizabeth Bennet is so confident in herself and doesn't give a crap. I don't know. Maybe the time period helped make the jerkiness less of a deal breaker for me. But I, I love that book. I don't care. It's perfect. I haven't read it yet. What? I haven't. I'm oh. pretty sure I haven't. I'm pretty it sure I haven't. took me a long time because it's so intimidating because yeah. the language is so dated. But after a while, I did start getting into a flow. So. Yeah. I definitely own it. And I have, I think I've probably picked it up a few times, but kind of hit that roadblock of like, maybe I'm not smart enough to read this. Oh. I'll try it again next year. <laughs> well, let me know when you do, because okay. I ended up loving it. Um, I also, I really liked, this is, this is kind of not a silly book, but it's fun. I really liked the Bromance Book Club. It was fun and easy to read, and it was a twist on the genre. Uh, it was about a group of alpha-type men, like they're all professional athletes, you know, the type. Uh, <laughs> And they have a secret book club where they read romance novels in order to become better husbands. <laughs> Basically, like when one of them is going to get divorced or like their relationship is in the pits, these guys will like come in the night and invite them to their romance book club. And it's uh, it was really actually very sweet. And then the relationship gets healthier and happy in a good way. That's so nice. I love that concept so much. And I actually wish that more husbands would maybe do that. Yeah. That would be a good idea, I think. <laughs> but yeah, the book sounds like so much fun. And um, there's a second one now, right? Um, yes. And I don't know, there might be more. At least I know that the author, Lissa K. Adams, has more romance titles because I saw them at the bookstore the other day. So maybe she's somebody I should check out because I like what she did with that one. Yeah, I definitely plan on reading at least the first book. It sounds so much fun. Yeah, it was, it went down really easy. So, yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's all we know about romance. That's all we've got for romance. Um, but if you guys know any really good romance books that I should be reading, please let me know because I literally have no idea. Yeah, and if you know any great romance that has no romance in it, like send it to me. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm picky, but there's got to be something out there that I will enjoy. We are on the hunt for you. Thank you. So book club is next week. So if you haven't already, go and pick up An American Marriage by Tayari Jones and join us in the conversation over on our Facebook page or on Instagram. And you can always email us at best underscore book club at outlook.com. And all of the links will be in the show notes for you. Also, if you have been following the Curse Breakers series, join us for Bonus Book Club the following week, where we are going to be talking about A Vow So Bold and Deadly by Bridget Kemmerer. Yes, I started it. I am. Oh. Um... I was supposed to pick it up from the post office and I didn't, so I'm still oh, not there. Oh, you fool. I know. Um, I'm like, I don't know, a fifth of the way. It's not very far, but <laughs> it's good so far. Subscribe to the podcast and if you can find it in your hearts, go on over and rate and review us on iTunes. We would love it. It would be a great Valentine's Valentine for us. <laughs> I guess um, we will see you next week for book club. See you next week. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.